You can find the comic book characters on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash kneelbeforepod or follow us on Twitter at cbcharacters. You can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. And now you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Search comic book characters. Hey everyone out there in the CBC universe, it is your friendly neighborhood podcaster Alfred, and this week on Comic Book Characters we have not one, but two galactically awesome co-hosts joining in with me today. We've got one also live in San Antonio, Texas, and another all the way across the uh, the great the great country of the United States in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I'm talking about Colossus. Oh, I'm sorry. Chris, the creator, Gossidus, and James Bangarang Bosquez. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Chris, how are you doing? Hello, homie. How about you? Doing very well. Good to hear you. Good to hear you in high spirits. And James, all the way up there in Portland, how is the weather, man? Is it is it pretty awesome up there? Is it getting cold and unbearable? Are you just wanting to hide in a cave? with that seasonal thing what's it called where you you know like where you just you hate everything yeah seasonal affective disorder or short form sad <laughs> that is that really the anagronym though i mean is it, is yes it, that seasonal, is, seasonal affective disorder that's pretty i hear that's a i hear that's legit like that it really affects a lot of people up there is that you you finding that yeah they the sell case? like they like the stores run out of vitamin d because apparently that's supposed to simulate sunlight, and that's what keeps you happy. Yeah. Um, so, but it's not too bad actually. Today's a really nice day. Uh, it's been gray for a couple weeks now, but uh, it's to be expected. Uh, other than that, Portland's awesome, and uh, I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> that's good. Okay. Well, we've got a lot, a lot of stuff to cover this week. Um, just to tease this out, there's this pretty big article it was like the feature article in entertainment weekly this week has to do with what and it's funny because i tried to see if there was a specific person behind this uh they did the 50 most powerful superheroes uh the list is i'll just it's ridiculous i'm gonna tease it now we're gonna do a whole podcast on this we're gonna do a whole feature with it we're gonna dissect the list come up with our own things we're gonna do a little fun game with it uh that's gonna be uh coming up it's too much of a thing to take on its own, and there's way too many things that have happened this week, including two pretty big news stories that literally happened today. Uh, so I'm actually glad that we're recording now uh, on October 22nd, which is a Saturday. But let's let's start off right off the bat. Pretty pretty big news. Deadpool 2, uh, they haven't officially come up with a title yet, but the working title, Deadpool 2, lost, I mean, arguably the second biggest person associated with the film and that's director tim miller has officially left the project uh so there's a guy named umberto gonzalez of the rap uh which is an online kind of publication thing uh so what he's reporting is that the the, the two clash this is ryan reynolds and tim miller clashed over two things uh the tone of the film which miller wanted to be very stylized and i think more action heavy whereas Ryan Reynolds wanted it to stay more true to the raunchy kind of comedy aspect of the character. Uh, and then also the possible casting of uh, Chandler uh, 
Damn it, I forgot the guy's name again. It's, it's the, oh, I got you. I got you, man. It's, it's Kyle. It's Kyle Chandler from Friday Night Lights. He's best known uh, as the coach from Friday Night Lights. Uh, is, that, is, that, is, that, is that the guy from uh, Friends? I thought he had his own sitcom now. That's uh, that's Joey. <laughs> no. Uh, you, you're thinking of uh, Chandler. Chandler. What is his name? Chandler Bing? Chandler right? Bing. Ah, oh, jeez. Man. That, you know, guys, that was like 20 years ago, by the way. In case, <laughs> case you didn't know, that was Friends was 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so so uh, so Chandler being cast as Cable, possibly Miller wanted him. <laughs> Reynolds did not. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna seed the floor to you first, James. What do you What do you think this means for Deadpool Part Two? Are you concerned, uh, or do you think that the movie's gonna still be able to 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 be okay with with Reynolds kind of helming, we don't know who the new director is going to be at this point. But do you think this is a huge blow or something they can get over? Well, my first question is: Is this the guy who directed the the first one? Yes. Oh, well, that's kind of a yeah. That's kind of sucks. But I think Ryan uh, Reynolds is he seems really invested in this character. And I think he's he's not going to let anything go by that he doesn't give uh, the okay on. So I think uh, just him him uh, uh, having the say so on on what comes and what goes, he'll still put out a uh, quality sequel. The third one will suck because the third one always sucks. <laughs> but uh, I think the second one will be fine. Yeah. What did we 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 had determined before? What was it? Where it was like the third one was the best one? What was it? Chris, do you recall? We were just talking about this, I think, in a previous podcast, and now I can't recall uh, what it was. We are talking about trilogies where the third one was the best they, one. Yeah. Godfather? So, no. No, not <laughs> Godfather. Uh, maybe it's where, uh, maybe it, it's where the, the creators of the story have the most fun making it, because, you know, they, you know it's like getting together with friends again from summer camp or some shit. But uh, on the audience, it's usually <laughs> kind of a tall order to pass through. I mean, you think of Jurassic Park three or Godfather three or yeah. the X Men Apocalypse. Eh, it's okay, but we've seen better. Definitely, uh, Chris. On that note, yeah. uh, one of the other things that obviously Miller and Reynolds were clashing on was the casting of Cable. Uh, what did you mm-hmm. do? You feel that the Chandler would could really because he's more of a TV actor. Do you think? if they did move forward with that, that, that that's going to work out? Or would you like to see somebody else possibly be in that role? Hmm. Uh, I know it's a bit early for Cassie Corner. Cassie Corner. Cassie but, um... Corner. <laughs> TV actors, they can translate well to... I mean, I think the long-form narratives of superheroes, you know, kind of lend themselves easily to TV actors. They kind of know exactly how to play the character in one part, uh, the part of the, the arc of the narrative they're going to be in. So... TV actor, I guess they can they can definitely um, go ahead and transcend to film, but um, I think yeah, for me, Kyle Chandler is kind of a weird pick. Uh, Cable, you have to have this sort of inherent grizzled kind of uh, attitude about you. So I mean, that's at least how I kind of read the character. Kyle Chandler is this likable guy. I mean, he's the coach of Friday Night Lights. The so I don't know. It, it does seem kind of a weird call for Tim Miller to make or to kind of you know. To build his church upon that rock. Yeah. But um, yeah. No, I, I kind of agree. If, if if the Civil War split was with Reynolds on that, then I'm with Reynolds. I'm, I'm with Cap. You know, and actually, it's funny. Now you just said Civil War, and that reminded me. That was the movie where the third one was the best one. Captain America: Civil War. 
that's that's really rare where you see the third film is the best one and I, I don't think anyone would argue otherwise uh, in that trilogy um, let me throw a name out to both of you guys and I, I just want your your kind of gut reaction instead of Kyle Chandler Ron Perlman oh shit with with uh, playing I've opposite that Ryan one. Reynolds as Cable what do you think I've heard it and I think um, I don't know do, do, do we have Perlman fatigue? I mean, he seems to be been around <laughs> for the last decade, like nonstop. And uh, I don't know. I mean, Cable is he's not he's not an ugly man that I've ever thought of. <laughs> okay. And just Rob Perlman is is not a handsome man. So you know, <laughs> I think you gotta find someone in the middle. Okay. Okay. Just let me intercede here real quick. We, two things we just learned from James. One. He thinks Cable is a handsome man. And two, shots fired at Ron Perlman for being <laughs> ugly. From James, for bangerang. Just call it his shot. Uh, Chris, what do you think about Mr. Perlman as, as possibly as Cable? I mean, he's got the right kind of uh, look to him. He's, he's big. He can kind of definitely fit into the role pretty well. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. At this point, he's been around too many kind of properties, like what Hellboy, uh, Pacific Rim. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, no, it'd be all right. I I thought like Dum Dum Dugan, like that guy, could have played um, Cable pretty well. But you know, if, if we're gonna add him to the oh, to the list. Um, uh, Neil McDonald, I think is his name. Neil or okay. Noah McDonald? Yeah, yeah. He, I could maybe see that. I could see that. Yeah. Um, I- I still see uh, Stephen Lang anytime I think of Cable. No, I no. think Stephen Stephen Lang would be perfect. Um, he was the guy. He was the Colonel in Avatar. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a guy I think of when I think of who I would cast. No, no arguments here. I mean, I, I could see that all the way, and I think I think Stephen Lang's even kind of petitioned for the role in a way, or he's campaigned for it. Uh, and isn't he? Uh, wasn't he in that movie? Don't don't breathe. That just came out. That that, that did pretty well. Yeah, he's, he's in that, right? So he's got a little bit of buzz about him right now. They they definitely could do worse than than him, and I could I could see that as well. Uh, I mean, moving moving on to I guess definitely more somber news, and this literally uh, just broke. But uh, for especially those that are really entrenched in the comic side of of all of this stuff, not just the movies and the TV shows. Uh, but one of the great artists and a very important person in terms of creating a property that even now sustains and has a, even a lot of prominence because it's got an AMC TV show now, but co-creator of The Preacher, Steve Dillon, and he's also a, a very famous artist, uh, did a lot of great stuff in the 80s especially, uh, passed away today, unfortunately. Uh, I think he was only he was only 54 years old. So very young, you know, relative to, to a normal, you know, an average lifespan. But uh, this guy, I mean, I always tell people um, that if you don't read comic books and you're kind of not into the whole superhero thing with like Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, that kind of stuff, Wonder Woman. But you want to kind of get your feet wet. Read Preacher, read Why the Last Man. Uh, those are the two stories, and they're self-contained, that I feel like really can show you, and Watchmen, but Watchmen is more superhero-centric. sort of centric. 
But those are the two comic titles that, that I really feel like stretch and show what a, what a comic book story can be. Steve Dillon had a lot of input on, on the Preacher story and arc and, and path. And it's just really sad uh, that he passed away so young. He had a very interesting art style that is pretty unique to him. It, it, it you know, it's not like one of those kind of over the top, um, like a McFarlane or a, you know, like a Jim Lee kind of thing. It was it was much more grounded and gritty. Uh, but you know, I just wanted to take a moment and and, and to give praise to, to Mr. Dylan and, and condolences, of course, to his family and and all of his fans. Uh, Pre- Preacher is huge. I mean, they they've got a TV show now. On AMC, I believe it's already been greenlit for a second season. It just completed its first season. Have either of you gentlemen uh, had a chance to see the show or are familiar with the comic? I have not. Actually, that's one of the things I always meant to catch up on. And uh, I think with the show, I'll finally make the effort. It's kind of like uh, kind of like I didn't. I always knew Game of Thrones was a thing. But until the show came out, I didn't start reading the books, and then I read them all. So I think uh, now that Preacher's... I don't know, sometimes I just need it... Because I never really knew what Preacher was about. I just always knew that people loved it. Um, so I think I'm going to try to start watching the show, and then that'll get me into the book. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the same for me. I, I've, I've always heard Preacher like uh, talk about... You, you've recommended it a couple times, but I was like, nah, that's probably... Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it, it's... It's always sad when a, a good storyteller kind of goes like, you know, they had more ideas left. So, yeah, so, I, th- I think, I think that's the biggest loss. I think that's a very salient point is that at only 54, who knows what, what, what other uh, stories he had to tell. I mean, probably a wealth of, of stories that we've lost now, unfortunately. But yeah, it just, you know, take a moment. We, we lost um, Darwin Cook earlier this year, who was a, also a very dynamic comic artist he did a lot of stuff that looked like kind of pin-up 40s 50s style comic art it's very distinctive it looks almost like the batman the animated series um he did a lot of stuff for dc and he passed away earlier this year so we've, we've lost again everybody form a protective circle around stan lee because we've lost you know iconic people we've lost you know iconic comic people and stan lee is both of those things so Let's, you know, let's do what we can, I guess. Um, there's no easy, I don't have a transition to this, but. Now for the most difficult segue in podcast <laughs> What was going to be the number one topic this week before these other two sort of uh, up to the minute kind of news stories broke was that the logan trailer we got the logan trailer for a movie that's not coming out until march of next year but we got the first taste of the logan trailer this is the mm. wolverine film there's a lot of speculation and rumor about how this film was going to look what storyline were they going to take was it going to be old man logan are we going to see the introduction of x23 uh, but, you know, it was all conjecture, but now we actually have something, you know, on screen to look at. It's got a, a somewhat chilling, some would argue very fitting. Others would say not so uh, appropriate uh, score with with the Johnny Cash cover of Hurt um, playing in the background. But we see 
a very somber kind of desolate Wolverine Logan in a in a future where Professor X is I mean rough and ragged is the best way I could describe it it looks like he's suffering from maybe some kind of dementia maybe Alzheimer's which uh, brings a lot of interesting questions to the table and then we see this this small child I think Chris and I you and I had talked about the the lone wolf and the cub kind of mm-hmm. story dynamic and we definitely see that here uh it just looks like a very different film like if you compare it to the the early 2000s x-men films like the first x-men or x-men 2 or god forbid the third x-men film i can't remember what it's called last stand jeez film's terrible but if you compare like this to that it just goes to show you how far comic book films have come in such a short amount of time it almost isn't a comic book film in that way. It looks almost like it has more to do with Mad Max than, uh, you know, than any superhero film. What are your What are your thoughts on the trailer? Well, I'm wondering is is it X twenty three or not? Because uh, I mean, it looks like it looks like if they were going to cast X twenty three, it looks like the girl they would cast. I mean, she's she's young, probably like 12, 13 years old. Um, but I've been reading up, and it's, people are saying, no, it's not X-23. But they teased X-23 at the end of uh, Age of Apocalypse. So, I don't know. Uh, the The trailer looks great. Um, so far, there's only a few characters they've shown. There's a mysterious guy with a metal hand. Not really sure who that is. Uh, but yeah, just the dynamic of... Wolverine seeming like uh, like he's having to, to be a caregiver for both Professor X and this child. Uh, it seems like a pretty cool dynamic. And from what I can tell so far, it's it's going to be better, The probably the best. It looks like the best uh, installment in the franchise, the Wolverine franchise so far. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, it just looks so different. Uh, the tone of it is is different uh, from from. I mean, it, like you compare this to uh, X Men X Men Origins Wolverine, and it's just like <laughs> it's night and day. So, James, with with what's the thing that stood out the most for you with this trailer? Um, yeah, just like you were saying, the uh, the tone of it. It looks. I mean, Wolverine has always felt like he's invincible, and it seems like this this in this trailer he uh, seems like this is the end of the road, and he's kind of maybe passing the torch along. I don't know. It's just, uh, he doesn't look good. He doesn't look like he's, uh, I don't know if he can heal himself this time. Right, right, right. That's a good point. I mean, we see a quick image of him put on his shirt and he doesn't look pristine the way that we typically know Wolverine to be. So I really wonder what that story is going to be. It's Uh, almost as if his, his, his powers are fading as he ages, you know, and that could be like, yeah, he he's however old he is, but I mean he does have to die at some point, and uh, this this could be that. Okay, well, Chris, so what do you so what are your thoughts on the trailer? Like, what stuck out the most for you? Was I mean whether it's positive or negative? What, what was the most interesting thing or puzzling thing about the trailer for you? Well, it definitely has a completely different feel from. Uh like you were saying, other superhero style movies. I mean, um, I, I hope what the, what's happening is like the, the creators of the movies, like, they feel like they're able to take chances now. 
like the movies are bankable enough that uh, we can, like you were saying, we can just do actual stories. So we can do character-specific stories. And that's really what this feels like. I mean, even with the title, it's just Logan. It's not even mentioning X-Men or Wolverine by name. It's uh, it's all focused on him. So I think uh, that really, I, I, I figure, you got to figure that allows an actor to feel more at ease and take more risks, too. So it's going to pay off, I think. That's a really great point. You know, if this were five, ten years ago, and you can just look at X-Men Origins Wolverine, like, first of all, that title is shit, right? <laughs> For a movie title, that title is shit. X-Men Origins Wolverine. You know the thing about that title is there was never another X-Men Origins movie. <laughs> right. Well, because it was so uh. shit that, like, they couldn't continue. Because I think they were going to do an X-Men Origins Magneto film. But, like, no. It just, because it was... But that just goes to show you what Chris said is so uh, poignant because we've come to a point now where superhero films as a genre are pretty much cemented in place that now not only uh, do you not have to do something as, as benign as a, uh, as a uh, asinine as X-Men origins Wolverine, you can just take X-Men out of the title completely and you have a movie just called Logan. I mean, yeah. they wouldn't have dared to do this ten years ago. <laughs> it's almost like what happened with the Avengers. Like um, Age of Ultron felt like some some people might might not have liked it too much because it got off to a running start. We already knew who these characters were. It was almost like a serialized story in that aspect. Like if you didn't know who you were, who these characters were going in, you missed a little bit. So I think, yeah, the whole. Um, scope of the MCU has really done its, done its job. They've established this kind of genre onto itself. And not only that, yeah, to think, oh, just, go ahead, just following this line of thought, it, it, you know, had they been willing to take a risk earlier, then we could have gotten Captain America to Bucky ah. instead of Captain America, the winter soldier. And you know what? I think uh, Captain America to Bucky sounds better. <laughs> I can't tell. Well, am I alone? Jo- are you joking? I mean, uh, I don't think that's. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I it, mean... it, so to throw back to um, a former podcast, if it was Captain America, the Bucky, then that would be perfect. <laughs> the Bucky would be great. The Bucky. I'm all in the on bu- the Bucky. The Bucky, hundred percent in. As as we know, the adding the word the just makes a film a thousand times more bankable. Uh, <laughs> The Batman. Um, okay, well, I mean, I think we're in for a treat. This kind of has almost like a Mad Max vibe to it, to me. And it, and like you said, Chris and James, I feel like we're at a point now, hopefully, where superhero films are cemented as their own, as its own genre. And now, within that genre, you can tell different stories, character stories, kind of like how sci-fi is its own thing. But then, even within that, you have movies like Alien. And Aliens and Predator, like those are they're, they're sci-fi films, but they're very different stories that you're telling. Um, I think it's I think it's definitely one to look forward to. We're obviously going to keep covering it as we get more trailers and, and other news coming out of it. Um, so now comes probably what is the lowest rated segment in comic book characters. Except for maybe this t- the time we talked about Valiant comic books in movies, uh, which <laughs> we could actually talk about that because there is, they actually are moving forward with the Valiant films. 
I think uh, the guy, the guy, the Green Power Ranger is is gonna be in one of them. So I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, it really does. Uh, but the so the segment I'm talking about is the one that Chris and I. I think we're just gonna keep pushing this forward because we're just we're really invested in this at this point. But it's it's season. What are we on? Season four. Uh, season four. Season four. We spent. We spent too many time, too, too many hours watching this to not be invested at this point. <laughs> Season four, Agents of Shield, and I gotta say, I mean, maybe I'm a bit of a homer at this point because I'm I'm so time invested into this show. But to me, this was the best single episode of Agents of Shield that we've had so far in the series. Uh, you got you got we got Ghost Rider back. Uh, in, in full Ghost Rider form, they seem to have dropped a lot of the Inhuman stuff. They're they're finally getting off of that horse, and uh, we get a really cool fight scene, a really great racing scene. We get some illusions. I think Chris and I, I think this is hilarious because we we're just talking about this, right? But the video game Overwatch, uh, which is a fantastic video game, but. We get allusions to one of the characters from that video game, and you, Chris, I believe you did some research on this. It was confirmed that this was intentional, right? Yeah, the uh, the one of the writers of the, I think the principal writer of this story, uh, was on Reddit recently and uh, said that yeah, no, this is intentional. Uh, Overwatch is a pretty frequent distraction for him when he's when he's in his writing process. So uh, one of the the Australian character who throws lots of grenades and stuff, Junkrat. He kind of uh, morphed into some of the dialogue of the uh, Australian inhuman James. Um, so that was that was nice to see. Like when I was watching it, I totally didn't expect like um, <laughs> at one point he goes, I'm on fire more than usual, at least. And that's exactly what Junkrat says whenever he gets on, like a kill streak in the game. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's so because we were just talking about this. Uh, specifically the Overwatch video game. So it's interesting how they they sort of uh, intersect in real life now but uh now james i know i know you're not a shield guy and and in that sense you are like most of the world in that you choose not to watch the show i I did i did tune in for the episode where they uh introduced the the power pack and uh dude power pack gets a lot of run on our podcast i don't know why (laughs) that is but it just keeps coming up I, love... I felt like I, I owed it to myself to to see Power Pack finally make it to the to to the small screen, you know. Yeah. All right. No. Okay. I'm gonna put you on the spot though, James. Name <laughs> name one member of the Power Pack. Um. Franklin Richards. That checks out. That is he one of them? I think he might be. I think he is. You know, Alex would know. And there's the there's like a horse, isn't there? <laughs> There's, there's a. I think you're thinking of the episode where, or the the comic book where Beta Ray Bill guest stars in Power Pack, and oh. he's got a horse face, like he's a horse alien horse thing. But I don't. I thought there was just like a like a, like a horse that. guy, but I, mean, I know Beta Ray Bill, but I thought there was like another horse guy. Maybe um, maybe this is a fever dream I had. I'm not sure. By the way, let's just for a moment here, Beta Ray Bill. That's the name of a comic book character, Beta Ray Bill. What a ridiculous name! Well, no, it's you know, you know what? There's there's Dum Dum Dugan, but yeah. Dum Dum Dugan's a person. This is a horse with a hammer, so that's <laughs> that's much more ridiculous. It than is ridiculous. The name. <laughs> but, 
But, but my point was that it's a ridiculous name, but it fits. It sounds good. Beta Ray Bill just rolls off the tongue. Like you don't even, you don't even. You think there is a, a a Beta Ray Bill like fan base? Like does, does he? Is oh, there Christ someone out it. there with with Beta Ray Bill on their wall? God, I hope so. Oh man, or like a Beta Ray cosplay, Beta Ray Bill cosplay. Oh man. It's just like those horse heads people Yeah, wear. I was just thinking the same thing. Those stupid horse heads that you see like in uh, basketball games and stuff. Like That's not a bad idea for a costume, actually. You're it's welcome. Weird. You're welcome, everyone. Yeah. Thank thank you, Bangerang. Thank you, Banger. Um, yeah, but anyway, if you're not watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I don't know. I don't know that you could jump on at this point, but this episode was great. Uh, Chris, just real quick, what was your favorite moment in the episode? Maybe try to entice some listeners into watching the, the show. All right. Um, let me see. Oh, well, I mean, dude, Ghost Rider finally uses the chains. That's yeah. uh, that's pretty that's pretty nice. Um, no, the, suffice it to say that the, the writers and the showrunners of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they know what they're doing. It might be a slow burn at first, and usually is for each season, but their arcs are really well, really well written and uh, thought out. I mean, if you go back and kind of watch the first season again, like even in episode three, they start, you know, plotting characters. They build stuff. Yeah. yeah, they really, yeah. it's almost, it's not like Breaking Bad or like Arrested Development level. It's not that well done, but it's like that. It's like those shows and that they really do seem to put a lot of thought and plotting as to how these things move forward throughout the episodes. and throughout Definitely. The uh, also, real quick, just another shout out, by the way, to Fitz, man. He's he's just killing it this season. Uh, just another fine, fine segment, a uh, few segments with uh, Fitz in this. In this Pretty Fitz romance. I I am, dude. I mean, put me on the put me on that bandwagon. I'm 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 sitting right up front, uh, right on that wagon. Mm. <laughs> said, your, your knowledge your knowledge of wagoneering really fell apart right there. yeah it did yeah yeah it did I, I kept wanting to say i was gonna sit up and coach but then i was thinking coach in planes you know like i was it, it really my brain just wasn't having it was not having it um okay moving on this this might seem like a small thing i, I think it's kind of funny just because of the name situation but I also think that this this sort of this is sort of the Marvel MCU uh, Kevin Feige tipping their hand a little bit as to what's coming uh, for us around uh, Avengers: Infinity War and maybe even after that. And that's that the actor Benedict Wong has confirmed that his character Wong, who's like Doctor, that's a stretch. Yeah. Yeah, that's a <laughs> Doctor Strange is like, he's kind of like an assistant, but also kind of like his confidant, but also maybe his teacher. There's a lot of things going on with Wong, but he he's he's going to be in Avengers: Infinity War along with Doctor Strange, which we already knew. Um, but I think what this means, and then I'll open the floor to you, gentlemen, in just a second. But what what I think this means is that if you're going to include Doctor Strange, I mean that's a no-brainer. Right in Infinity War, but if you're bringing out Wong also, and then possibly moving forward beyond that movie, I feel like Doctor Strange is going to be the next Tony Stark Iron Man for the MCU, where 
he's going to be sort of like the centralized character where a lot of the personality of the MCU is going to kind of you know radiate from the Doctor Strange character. What what do you do you got am I making too much of this? Like is Wong being in this nothing? Is it just cuz like the dude's name is Wong and he's playing Wong and they're just throwing him a bone? Or could you do you guys see cuz at some point Robert Downey Jr. is going to like he's going to have to bow out, man. Like he's getting older. They can't they can't just keep Tony Stark around forever, I don't think. Plus, his price tag is huge. Do you think that Doctor Strange could fulfill that role fully, or do you think that they're going to falter there? James, I'll let you I go. Think, uh, I think we'll have to see how Doctor Strange performs before we make that assessment. And I, I think that the powers that be are going to wait for that, too. I mean, I know Infinity Wars is already, I'm sure it's well into pre-production, but I don't know. That's that's basing a lot on a guy who, for the most part, most people don't really know a lot about Doctor Strange. So, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't jump there right away. Uh, I don't know. That's, that'd be a big leap of faith on, on, on old, uh, Cumby Batch over there. But, uh. I'm a little more concerned that there's two guys named Benedict in the same movie. That's kind of weird. That is weird. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Huh. Also, Wong That's is more playing duality. Wong. There's Wong playing Wong, and then there's two Benedicts. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's it's very spooky. We're, I think we're close to cracking the code. <laughs> we're we're one step away here. I, it's uh, well, Doctor Strange kind of taking a more central role in the whole MCU. Kind of might open it up to the. Marvel multiverse universe or Marvel cinematic multiverse, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there's a big, like one of the big things about comics is that they always get reset and there's always different iterations of the same character. So as these characters, as these actors kind of phase out of that character, do you think that's what's going to happen? Are we going to see like a hard reboot almost of Iron Man or is somebody else? Is it going to be, you know, Tony Stark was 616 version of Iron Man. And are we going to get different versions if they plan to make more movies? I kind of think it depends on how people are reacting and continue to react to these newer versions of characters in the comic books. Even though mm-hmm. even though I, I really don't feel like the publishing side drives a lot of the movie side, it's definitely the other way around. But I think if they feel at some point confident enough to move forward, and I think I also think the Captain Marvel film is going to have a lot to do with this and see how well that does. But I think if it does well then you might see a, a Kamala Khan Miss Marvel, you know, being introduced. And you might see mm. a Miles Morales Spider-Man. And you might see a Riri Williams um, Iron Heart Iron Man character somewhere down the line. Um, it really just kind of... Because they, they can either go that route where they're introducing new characters and just more characters and not necessarily, you know, sort of... You know, you can also do Sam Wilson or Bucky Barnes's Cap kind of story. you can do that storyline organically in in the films the other option like you said is they can do a hard reboot or reset where they just recast the actors to play tony stark and steve rogers and and you know thor and so on if i had to place money on it now i would say that they go more the organic route where they they get like a bucky to take over for cap 
or for Steve, you know, and they bring in Kamala Khan and they bring in Miles Morales at some point. They bring in, um, you know, maybe the female Thor, which in the comics is Jane Foster. So they might they might not go that route. They might do something else. But I, I just feel like there's such a wealth of characters and stories that they can tell that they don't necessarily need you know, Captain America and Iron Man and so on to be the, the center of these stories. Because if you remember, before these movies even came out, these weren't the most popular Marvel characters. It was Spider-Man, oh, so was Spider-Man and X-Men. Yeah. yeah, I was just about to bring that up. That when Iron Man came out, we were all wondering, is this going to flop? Like, we all, we all believed in Robert Downey Jr., but we didn't believe in Iron Man. Yeah. And there was quite a period of, doubt where like i don't know if this is going to work or not and of course it you know they hit a home run with it with you know robert downey jr so i think with yeah what you're saying could be true it's more of uh it's less because by this point i mean we've seen iron man do so much yeah why not get some new characters and see uh see what they can do you know hmm. i mean look at you even look at like ant-man right with paul rudd no one gave a shit about Ant-Man. Like, no no one cared about Ant-Man, but now people kind of care about Ant-Man because they, they wrote him in a way that's that's fun and relatable and enjoyable. And now you want to see, like, I, everyone loves seeing Ant-Man in Civil War, right? Like, so yeah. it, it's less about, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be these iconic characters. It's funny because, like, Marvel's basically taking, like, the opposite route of what, what Warner Brothers and DC are doing, which is we're like we're gonna bank on the iconic status of the characters that we have with Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman, and just fucking drill that thing into the ground. Well, to be Could fair, you... DC's characters dry up pretty quick. I mean, they're real top heavy. They're... Uh, yeah, it's but... not. It's not too. It's not too 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 soon before you get to Blue Beetles. <laughs> I mean, uh, you you don't like uh uh. uh... I can't even think Kilowog. Oh wow! <laughs> or Mogo, Mogo, the Living Planet. You know, no Mogo, no go, no go, Mogo. Yeah, no go, Mogo. I uh, just a side note, real quick. I love to troll Ig uh, with just random pictures of Mogo. I'll just send them to him just at random intervals, and he's just like, he's never happy about it. I mean, I don't think anyone would be. Getting pictures of it. Isn't there a living planet? Isn't there a living planet in the Marvel universe called yeah, Ego? Ego, 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 the living planet. Mogo. I'll take Ego. I'll take Ego over Mogo. Yeah, dude. Plus Ego. I mean, Ego has a face. He's got like a beard. He's crusty looking. Like that's fun. Mogo is literally just <laughs> a giant planet. He doesn't have a face. He doesn't. No face. He's got no face. Oh. Um. All right. I feel like we. <laughs> Somehow, uh, all of that just from this the Wong the Wong is Wong conversation. That's great. Um, all right, Wong don't make a white. Oh no, we just lost all three of our Asian listeners. <laughs> um, moving on, moving along, we are gonna take a pit stop. It's it's which I'm gonna be real honest. It's just one thing, but it's pretty huge. It's pretty great. Uh, we're gonna take a pit stop, of course, to casting corner. And um, the, you're the, still you're you're still never gonna get me to buy into that that jingle. That's people like <laughs> the jingle. Right. 
People... No, 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 no. It, it needs a music drop. You have to do some music shit. Where, where were you, man? Where were you, Chris, the creator? Where, where... Well, set it up again, motherfucker. All right, all right. Casting corner. There we go. That that dying. See, it's so much better now. There you go. So much better. All right, we got, we got one thing. We got one thing, but it's huge. I think it's I think it's this huge news. Donald Glover of Atlanta fame of Spider-Man Homecoming fame. Technically, does this mean he's on the Evans list now? Maybe. Uh, I think so. Has been cast as young Lando Carissian for Star Wars. I believe it's going to be in the Han Solo film. But That makes sense. What was that? So yeah, that makes the most sense. Uh, but I just okay. You can hear from my tone of voice. I'm on board. I'm on board. I'm on board. I'm on board. I love Donald you Glover. Are, you're a huge. You're a huge Glover Childish mark. Gambino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a huge mark for for Childish Gambino for Donald Glover. <laughs> this is like legit. Like I, I love pretty much everything this guy does. He's super talented to me. I'm I'm glad he's existing and creating and being in things that i can enjoy but let me let me leave let me uh <laughs> see the floor to you guys uh chris how do you feel yeah. about donald glover being cast as lando and then ultimately do you think that that he can can do this role justice uh member lando calrissian i remember lando calrissian oh, uh member bears yeah no uh donald glover I, one of my favorite parts of the past year was just watching him be in the Martian, like completely mm. unexpected. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, no, he's great and whatever he kind of slips, slips into. So, uh, yeah, no, he'll, he'll, he'll do this pretty well. I mean, granted, we haven't seen the first standalone Star Wars, a Star Wars story kind of movie yet. Uh, but I, again, the, the mouse is in control. I have faith in, in how they kind of, uh, <laughs> in the, in the style they crack their whips. So yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure this would be a quality product. Um, yeah, no, it'd be fun for him. Uh, James, how do you how do you feel about this casting news? I just can't wait till till I see him in that coiffed hair. Uh, that's gonna be so good. That that hairdo, and then just with the the, the kind of suave accent that, that that Lando pulls off. And honestly, there's no other actor in Hollywood outside of an unknown that could really do this. I mm. really don't think you know. There's anyone. There's no one of the right age that they're looking for. And with the right appeal, um, yeah, it's it is the definition of perfect casting. I hope this means that he can get cast as the spokesman for Colt Forty Five. That uh, would be amazing. Want... All in on exactly. that. Whoever's the, and I'm pretty sure it's like Anheuser Busch or whatever. But like whoever owns Colt Forty Five, they need to get on that now. Like right now, <laughs> they're losing money by not doing it. Um. The other, the only other actor I could think, but I just, I don't think he could pull it off the way that Donald Glover can. Is uh, I'm, I'm slipping on a name, but he, he was Human Torch in the shitty Fantastic Four movie that just came out. Uh, more importantly, he was in Creed, um, as oh uh, yeah yeah as Apollo's uh, son. I can't think it, of that that actor's name at the moment. I think it's like uh, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan. Th- that guy's good. He's a he's a great actor too. Yeah. I, I could see him maybe pulling it off. But he's almost too serious to me to 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 do a Lando. Whereas Donald Glover, man, there's just something about that guy. He he's got a lot of he's got a lot of energy to him that 
I think he's going to translate really well on screen. I, I think it, also, I think if you, you slap a mustache on him and give him the right hairdo, he'll, he, he's going to look kind of like Lando. He'll look a little bit like Billy D. Williams. Especially, like, uh, especially if you throw that cape on him. I can't wait for that oh, cape, yeah. man. That cape, oh, it's going to be tight. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, th- I mean, I think that's his... Uh, more of his dignitary look. Oh. I think we're going to see more scoundrel. Okay. Lander Falcon. Okay, I that's, can see that. The, the type of guy who wins a who wins a Falcon in a card game. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as long as I get a cape by the end of the film, I'm fine. I want to see some cape action. You know. Is he going to put on the cape and then scream, "No!" So <laughs> <laughs> the Darth Vader reset. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> how can? How many times must Padme die? Oh no. Uh, so I think that reaction, that 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 visceral no reaction, is probably what a lot of the internet side of the of the comic world is going to say when we when I bring up this next uh, talking point, which is Uh-oh. apparently all thirteen episodes of Jessica Jones season two, which is going to be on Netflix, of course are going to be directed, every episode, all 13, directed by, exclusively, exclusively directed by women. And this was uh, noted by executive producer Melissa Rosenberg um, at a trans Transform Womanhood panel recently. Um, I'm a, So for those that don't know, they actually got, a th- uh, so a third of the episodes in season one were directed by women. Um, they... I mean, obviously, you have Jessica Jones, Kristen Ritter. It's a female-centric show. I don't think this is a bad move. Uh, obviously, they're doing it with a purpose, but I think if they get quality, and there are definitely quality female directors out there uh, that, that have a story to tell, I think this is this could work out really well for them. I don't think it's very much of a stunt or anything like that. That being said, we know how the internet is. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and they're going to be, they're going to be, they're just going to continue to perpetuate the reason they don't get laid. And, uh, I mean, this is great. This is, uh, it's a good thing for, for, uh, inclusion in Hollywood, which is notoriously exclusive. Um, so yeah, I think this is a great move on their part to do this, but, uh, you know, nerds be nerding, and they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna find uh, some way just to further bury themselves in a life of loneliness. Make America great again, you know. I mean, yeah. uh, Chris, well, what I, are your thoughts? I think it's it'll be it'll be news when when this isn't a headline. I mean, <laughs> when uh, a woman getting a directing job in, in Hollywood is so commonplace that it's not worth it to mention. I mean, that would be you know that's true inclusion right yeah. so hopefully this is like the first step towards that uh, women are directors too get over it yeah they they definitely it's not like they're not capable of directing i think that's ridiculous of anyone like Catherine bigelow is one of the best directors out there uh not female just best director period she's she's great um you she know, went over 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 avatar <laughs> the the thing the thing about this is that you know, it's unfortunate. You know, the, the the statistic is something like less than 8% of all films that are produced are directed by women. That's 8 out of 100. 
films. That's that's so insane. Uh, Hollywood obviously has to play a lot of catch up. Um, and, you know, and and obviously there's the uh, there's always the the very real fact that you know more men tend to get involved in the industry on that and that part of it, but you know this uh, still yeah it needs uh, I, I don't I don't like the whole you know reverse uh, affirmative, affirmative action, action. Yeah. yeah but um. But like Chris said, that was a great point. Just whenever this isn't news, that's when, hey, we're doing we're doing something all right. Yeah, to speak to your point about the, you know, there are obviously there are kind of more men at this point that go into this industry, mm-hmm. but you know, hopefully things like this will will, you know, if younger women uh, or girls that see Jessica Jones. And then they see the beginning credits and the end credits and they see a woman's name as the director. Maybe that'll like inspire them to be like, hey, you know, I can do this. This is something, you know, obviously this woman did it. Maybe I can do it. You know, it's just like an example for them to go off of as they get older and maybe hopefully widen the scope of the industry is what I'm saying. And it's not even just for women. We also need more minority voices and and things like that. You know, it's stuff that all of us have talked about previously. Uh, but enough about that. I mean, who cares, right? Ugh, women. No, just, kidding. just kidding. Just kidding, everybody. Just just kidding. But, I mean, as great as, as, great as that is, I think the, t- the news topic that everybody wants to talk about, that is talking about this week specifically, the wait is finally going to be over tomorrow. In theory, right? We are going to find out. Oh, Christ. Just who Negan kills in the Walking Dead television show. Uh, I mean, uh, talk about about breaking the internet when, when the last season ended without sort of revealing who was going to die. People lost their goddamn minds. We finally get an answer tomorrow, unless they do something weird where they stretch it out for the rest of the season. You just don't know. Oh, that'd be, no, it's got to be in the scene before the credits roll. They have to show who died. I think they're going. <laughs> I think they're going to. I think they're going to. Before I give my opinion on this as to mm-hmm. what I think happens, um, I actually don't really watch the show. I have read the comic. Uh, in the comic, I know who dies. Um. But I am I am familiar with the show enough and to where we are in the story that I feel like I can give a pretty strong opinion. Uh, James, I know you watch the show. Chris, yeah. I'm not sure how familiar you are with the show, but I, I, yeah. I think you're yeah. well aware of what's going on with the show as well. I'm going to open it up to you first, James. What do you think is going to happen ultimately here for, for tomorrow? People are going to be listening to this probably, you know, on Sunday. Well, I... I think it's going to be time to salute a fallen hero from our military. And uh, we're going to have to say goodbye to Abraham. I'm pretty sure Abraham is going to be the one to go. And uh, I love the character. I thought they killed him off way too early in the comics, which is the main reason I think they're going to kill him off tomorrow in the show. Because uh, that's uh, what Kirkman likes to do. He likes to take them whenever you're just starting to like them. 
Yeah, I I remember his his death in the comics, and it it, it bothered me kind of quite a bit. I was like, no, why? <laughs> Damn it! So sudden in the comic too. It's just like, just oh yeah, no warning at all. Got no fanfare. It. He doesn't die saving anybody. Nothing. No, just no. just walking. Just going for a just walk. Walking and talking. That's it. Um. All right, Chris, and, and how do you? What do you think is gonna shake down? Right. So I've I've been watching the show. I haven't read the comics at all. So I, you know, whenever like I hear I hear comic spoilers, I'm like, well, I guess that doesn't really mean much for the show. They might kind of take stock from that. But um, yeah, no. Uh, so it's, it's really interesting whenever I hear stuff like that. I was like, God, I need to, I need I need to catch up. Um, but um, so from what I can remember from last season, Eugene was throwing up a lot of death flags, like. He kind of uh, was growing a little bit as a character. He kind of took it upon himself to try and make a distraction for everybody. So he kind of neatly tied up his character a little bit, I thought. So for me, I thought it was definitely going to be Eugene um, because he also knows how to do stuff. You know, he can make gunpowder if he needs to. So uh, He's like, take him away. You take away the technology advancements. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you kind of reset the – it's all on Negan's terms now. You have nothing to bargain with. That's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, it really does. It really does. He's almost too useful, right? At this point. Yeah. yeah. Um. I I think those are both fantastic uh, ideas as to what's going to happen. I think they're going to go a different way, um, which I get, and I guess sort of spoil. We've kind of. I mean, it, there are spoilers of the comic. We already kind of like we talked about Abraham, but whatever. We don't know anything here about the show. This is just our conjecture. I think they're going to go I think they're going to go for the heart-wrenching kill here. Uh, and not Daryl. I don't think they're going to kill Daryl. Um mostly because I feel like they would lose a lot of viewers by doing that and I think that ultimately even though as popular as the show is, they they're too scared to do that. There are t-shirts. But I think what's going to end up happening is they're going to end up killing not one but two characters. And kind of much in the same way of what Chris was saying, and that like Eugene sort of has this nice arc that's already neatly wrapped up. I think they're going to kill two characters, and I think it's kind of important that if they were to kill either one of these characters, they kind of would have to kill both of them, because it leaves the character, either one of these characters, not whole, and it would be I feel like it would be hard to write them moving forward in the show. So I think they're actually going to kill both of them. And I'm, of course, talking about Maggie and Glenn. I think, I just think they're going to they're gonna take both of them out. I think that those characters represent kind of like a love and hope to the show, a lot of heart in the show. And that if they're going to really show that Negan is this just force of nature that is destructive and is going to take, is going to turn their whole world upside down, they're going to take the heart of the crew, of the, of the of the group by by killing both of them you know killing killing maggie and glenn that that's my take brutal yeah that would be brutal and i think it's the only thing that would match the feeling you got in the comic whenever this same scene happened and uh yeah that's because i mean i stopped reading the book after that scene yeah that that seems brutal because it it really did tear the heart out of the of the entire in the entire comic and uh, yeah that could do it. Might... 
my argument is that the only way you could have the same emotional impact is if you kill Daryl, because he's he's what matters the most to the, the audience. But they're not going to mm-hmm. do that. And so the only other way that they can achieve that emotional sort of crescendo crescendo is to kill Maggie and Glenn. Well, Norman Reedus did have his own, you know, motorcycle touring America show. So a lot of people saw that as like, oh, no, they're going to kill him. But I, I agree. It's it's uh, the safe move is to not kill Daryl. Uh, the one they don't see coming is probably Maggie because Glenn, everybody kind of knows the spoilers from the comic books. But, um, yeah, doing them both. But see, that's what, and that's also why I think it's a little different because, you know, they do take influence from the comics, but they've definitely done stuff that that doesn't happen in the comics. And, yeah, and, I mean, yeah. in the comics, Abraham is, is dead by this point, so... Mm-hmm. Never know. Um, they're probably just going to cop out and kill. Uh, what's his name? The uh, uh, Aaron is it Aaron his name? Yeah, I think Aaron. Yeah. Aaron, yeah. They're cop out and kill Aaron or Rosita. Be, uh... <laughs> and just one of them too. Not even like both. Yeah. Just one. God, that would. Uh, you Although know, but... uh, I would miss seeing Rosita every week because uh, that whew, she is a uh, she's a she's a nice lady. Is that a little a little slice of home for you? Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, that's the thing. Honestly, even if they killed Aaron or Rosita, as much as people would be like, ah, boo, cop out, they'd still watch the show. They wouldn't stop watching the show. And they would still have somebody die. I just just think it's going to be more important than that. But but if if they really did want to play it safe, yeah, that's what they would do. They would kill one of those characters. I don't know, but we'll find out. We'll find out. uh, We're going to, you know, we'll find out and we're going to talk about it on the next episode of comic book characters. We've also, like I said, we've got a fantastic four documentary episode coming up. We've got the entertainment weekly uh, response pod, which I think is going to be so much fun. Uh, We're going to try and do something really fun with that. uh, where We do like a draft. We're going to do like a live superhero draft think it's going to be cool Uh, anything else gentlemen that either of you guys want to want to mention before we close out the close shop for the week um let's see long live rufio (laughs) rufio rufio (laughs) bangarang that's where we need to end it all right well until next time everyone the fortress of potitude is closed stay super take